0: Take a minute to visit rachelcarman.com and join the community of real refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen.
1: Hello everyone. It's June. I cannot believe it's already June. This is my time of year. I love the summertime. I love the sunshine. I love the heat. I love to be on the beach. I love to be on my bike. I love the summertime. I love all of the gardening. I love the birds. I love the bees. I love the hummingbirds. I love the butterflies. This is my time of year. And if you're like me and you are so excited about the summertime, let's celebrate it. Today we are doing our M&M for the month of June, and we are doing Psalm 100. And one of the beautiful things about the book of Psalms, if you have not already noticed it, and I am surrounded once again by all of my beloved reference books and tools. I've got my Bible and my notebook and my PDF printout and This is like my happy place. I love to be surrounded by all of these study tools that I can use to dive deep into God's Word and to share with you what He's showing me. And I just pray that you would take the time to do that too. When we come back, we're going to dive in together.
2: Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by bestselling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinnertime to sleepy time, The Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold.
3: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives— Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact.
1: Okay, we're back and it's time to take that deep dive Insofar as it's possible in our time here, and I do hope that this just spurs you on to dare to study God's Word. That's really my primary objective in our time together, is I really want to just inspire you to want to get into God's Word, to dig deeply in, to get to know Him more, to pursue Him, to trust Him, to obey Him. We're going to talk about those two things today. This psalm is one of the short psalms. We've got the whole long psalm thing going in Psalm 119, and we've already studied that this year. And then this is one of the shorter ones. This is Psalm 100, and it is a really powerful psalm. Even though it's short, it really packs a punch. It's only got five verses, and so there's so much that we can squeeze out of this psalm, even though it seems like maybe there's not much here, there's so much here. And so I'm going to do what I normally do I'm going to show You some things. I'm going to give you some homework because I do that and because I think it's very beneficial to do that. I've even got a hymn for you today to reference. I don't know if we'll get to that or not. But yeah, let's start by reading through Psalm 100. And I want you to pay attention as we read through to the verbs that are in here that are calling our attention. This is actually a Psalm wherein you and I are called to action. And there's a lot of action that we're called to here. So let's pay attention to what we're called to as I read Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Now, isn't that just a good word? I don't know where this podcast is coming to you today. Maybe you're running errands or rotating laundry or changing another diaper or nursing again or making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or maybe running errands and picking up kids and taking them here and yon. I don't know, but this is a good word. This is a psalm that we could dare to memorize, to sit in, to meditate on. And that is what this series is all about. These are the kinds of things that we need to have in our minds and in our hearts so that we can focus on the things of God. There is so much good here. So I want to start by suggesting to you that there are six exhortations for you and I right here in this psalm. Six things that we're called, that we're challenged, actually seven, sorry about that, miscounted, seven that you and I are called to do. And these are things that we can actively do. These are things that can make all the difference in our day. These are things, moms that we should dare to model for our children because in so doing we are pointing them to him many many years ago now davis and i went to a ted trip parenting conference where he was talking about his book shepherding a child's heart and the book itself is totally worth your investment of time And so I commend it to you. One of the things that Ted said at the live conference, he said that his objective every day was to hold it before his children, a holy, mighty God, and say to his children, oh, my children, that you would know God, that you would know God. In other words, of everything that we could teach our children of everything that we could do for our children, the most important thing that we could do would be to point them to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that's what this psalm is all about. It is talking to us about what does it look like to worship God. So let's go through these verbs, seven of them. First one in verse one, shout. You and I are admonished in this passage to shout who to the Lord, how Joyfully. You know, our kids played soccer for years and years, and I was a soccer mom, and I loved to shout joyfully for my kids when they played soccer. And that's a great thing to encourage them on. And I'm going to suggest to you, it's a good thing for us to shout joyfully to the Lord. And we don't do that as often, I think, as we should. And the call here is for all of the earth to do that. If you've been listening for any time at all, you know that one of my most favorite times of the day is early morning. And one of my most favorite things to do at that time of the day is to get up before the birds are singing. Now, I know that sounds crazy. My internal alarm clock tends to get me up pretty early, especially these days. And if I actually get up early... Sometimes I can get up before the first bird is even singing. And I love to open my back screen door, right? And just wait for that first bird to start singing in the morning because birds know what it's like, right? To break the silence and to shout joyfully. In my imagination, they're shouting praises to the Lord. And it says all the earth is to do that. That includes the creation, the waves, the animals, the birds, right? All of them are to shout joyfully to the Lord. Verb number two, serve. Who? The Lord. You and I are encouraged in this Psalm to serve the Lord. How? With gladness. So how do we do that? We do that wherever God has placed us, wherever we are today. We are to serve with gladness. And as we serve those... Within our domain of influence today, whether it's our children or our husbands or fellow workers or our neighbors or our church friends, whoever that is, as we serve them right, we are serving the Lord. Sometimes we get confused and just think the only time we need to serve anybody with gladness, it's the Lord, right? And we compartmentalize our service and we forget that anytime we serve, anytime we're presented with the opportunity to serve, as we serve in that circumstance, whatever it is with gladness, we are indeed serving the Lord. So whatever responsibilities you have today whether it's writing the bills or running errands or returning a phone call or taking someone to an appointment, all of those are opportunities to serve. And we get to choose to do that with gladness as unto the Lord. Verb number three, come, come, it says before the Lord with joyful singing. I love to think about this as what we do early in the morning, that we would come before the Lord before we start our day, that we would come to him, that we would run to him early in the day with joyful singing, acknowledging him for who he is, reminding ourselves, joyfully resting in him, setting the tone for the whole day. Number four, no, no. Know that the Lord himself is God. There are actually five things here outlined in this psalm. See, there's more here than we thought right when we started. There are five things here that we're encouraged to know. Number one, know that he is God. He is God. We are to know that he is God. There is only one God, and we are called to acknowledge that he is God. We are presented every day by our enemy through the world, with a proliferation of options for God. But none of them are God. There is only one God. And this psalm encourages us, reminds us, that we are to know that He is God. And not only that He is God, He is the Creator, but that He made us. He made us. He made us in His image, right? We are made by Him. Third, He... We didn't make ourselves. He made us. And this may seem like a subtle, maybe inconsequential differentiation here, but I would suggest to you it's it's hugely significant. We need to know that we didn't make ourselves, nor can we. He made us. We did not make ourselves, nor can we make ourselves. And especially now, especially now with all this genetic engineering and all of this AI, I believe that men are tempted to believe that we can make ourselves, that we can displace God as creator and we can now create, right? This is a lie from the enemy that he wants us to believe that we can make ourselves. But again, right here in this Psalm, no, no, no. He made us. We did not make ourselves, nor can we. Next, it says we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are his. Not only is he God, not only did he make us, but we are his by virtue of the fact that he made us. And of course, this whole imagery of shepherd and sheep is throughout the biblical narrative. I would encourage you to chase that when you have some time, study all of the shepherds that are laid out in scripture. All the patriarchs were shepherds. And the idea of shepherd goes all the way to the New Testament when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd in John 10. But also this idea comparing us to sheep is also a thread that runs throughout the biblical narrative comparing us to sheep. And here again, we have it. We are his sheep. That means we belong to him. And if you review John 10, you'll be reminded of the significance of that. Jesus says to his disciples, the shepherd knows the sheep and the sheep know the shepherd's voice, right? And fifth and finally, on what we are to know, according to this Psalm, we are the sheep of his pasture. In other words, there is a safe place where we are to take pasture and it's not in the world He has, in the words of David, the boundary lines have fallen for us in good places. He has set the boundaries of our lives. And that's where we are to have safe pasture, is within the boundaries that He has set for us in our lives. Stay tuned, and when we get back, we'll get to the other three of the verbs in this
2: passage. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today wherever books are sold.
3: What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org/impact.
1: Okay, we've talked about shout, serve, come, and know, four verbs that we're encouraged to practice. Number 5, enter. Enter. You know, it would be curious to think about all the doorways you and I pass through every day, right? We go in and out of our front doors. We go in and out of our kids' bedroom doors, maybe the doors of businesses, in and out of our cars. And yet right here, God is instructing his people, enter his courts, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. We are to make sure that we are acknowledging day in and day out as we come and we go, that we are to be thankful and full of praise as we come and as we go. I hope that what you're seeing in this psalm is this literally is a game changer for our attitudes, how we approach everything we do every day, because this gives us the context. It gives us a frame for how we look at everything we do and here as we come and as we go if we would do so with thanksgiving and praise number six give thanks to him all of these things that you and I have in our lives all of these opportunities all of these relationships all of these blessings that we receive every day we are to give thanks to him That gives us a mindfulness, an attitude. You've heard the attitude of gratitude that originates with our thankfulness towards God, not the world, not each other. We've got to make sure our focus for thankfulness is what he has done, how he has blessed us. It says every good gift comes from above. All of these abundant blessings. You know, I'm sitting here recording on a beautiful day in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm looking out the window, the front window of our house. And I'm seeing the beautiful sunlight filter through the leaves. And I'm seeing the birds flit about as I just refilled the bird feeders, right? And I have not seen a butterfly pass by, but a guy just went by on a bike. It's just a beautiful day here. And if I would just remember... Every day, just live with thankfulness and praise for all of this beautiful creation that God has surrounded me with. And then my husband and my children and my friends and my church, all of these things, living thankful, living in an attitude of praising God. And number seven, it says, bless his name. Bless his name. I am to focus on blessing his name, holding him high and lifted up, blessing the name of Jesus, blessing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in word and deed in everything I do. And then all of these verbs, all of these verbs come to a crescendo here in verse five. It, this is our why verse, right? Why are we to shout, serve, come, know, enter, give, and bless? Why? It's a great question. Why? It says, because the Lord, he is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. His faithfulness endures to all generations. That's our why. Because of who God is. This is yet another invitation for you and I to trust in who God is, to trust in who he is. According to verse five, we see that he's eternal and he's faithful. We're Another invitation here to trust who he is and, like I promised you at the beginning, and obey him based on who he is. Obey him. All of his commands that are throughout the biblical narrative. What's the beauty of the biblical narrative? 66 books, 39 and 27. 39 in the old, 27 in the new. Nothing contradicts itself. It's the same story from beginning to end. Passage after passage builds on each other, complements each other. It's one grand story, one call to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. One call to be holy as the Lord your God is holy. That's what the whole biblical story is about. To focus on Him, to set your mind on things above, to be sober, to be on guard, to live worthy. All of that is in this biblical narrative. That's what it looks like to obey. It's not about us. It's about his glory and our good. And what is his number one objective for you and for me? Transformation. That we would be transformed into the image of his son. That's what it means to be holy as he is holy. To lean into transformation. To trust his sovereignty in every one of our life circumstances, and look, I'll be the first to admit that is harder than it looks, harder than it sounds. Whatever comes our way has been, in the words of Pam Thibault, filtered faithfully through the Father's fingers. Everything, our life circumstances might shock or surprise or amaze or overwhelm us, but they don't surprise him. I have another friend that says it went through Jesus first. Nothing touches me that didn't go through Jesus first. In his sovereignty, he, ors- he has ordained my circumstances and my situation and my relationships. And the question becomes, do I trust him? Do I trust that he is good? And do I trust that he is at work for my good? That's the question. And if I trust and I ought to, right, based on who he is, then that means I continue in obedience. And this Psalm is about that continued obedience. See, I I don't know where you are today as you listen to this. I don't know if you're confused or tired or overwhelmed or frustrated or hurt or angry or all of those things, right? But this is an invitation again for us to trust who he is, trust that he is glorious and that he is good and that he knows our circumstance and he is working on our behalf. And he's inviting us, you and me, to trust him more and more and more and more and to obey with reckless abandon, not because it makes sense, not because we feel like it, but because we trust who he is that we will continue to shout and serve and come and know and enter and give and bless because of who he is. And yes, sometimes we do those things. Sometimes we read passages like Psalm 100 and we do it out of obedience, right? And we don't feel like it, but we do it because we know it's for our good. It's part of the transformational process. Work of God in our hearts and our souls and our minds, and we dare to praise Him not because everything's great or going good or the way we thought it ought to or the way we thought it should or the way we thought that it would, but because of who He is, and that's what this psalm is all about. That's what this psalm is all about. God is inviting you and me, no matter where you are today, He's asking. He's asking, do you trust me with your circumstance? Do you trust that I'm at work, that I know? Because someone out there today, you need to know that he knows. It doesn't feel like he knows. There doesn't seem to be any evidence that you can point to that he knows other than his word says he knows. His word says he will never leave or forsake you. That you're never alone. That he is with you. That he will walk with you through the fire and the flood, that you're never alone. But sometimes you and I, in, so- in spite of what the word of God says, if we don't feel it, we think it's not true. We've got to dare to trust what his word says, even when we don't feel it. That's what faith is about. Faith is about trusting what we know to be true, whether or not we feel it. And it is Psalms like this that we are given from the glorious God that we serve to encourage us in those moments when we don't feel it, but we dare, we dare. Would you dare today to trust and obey? Would you dare to shout and serve and come and know and enter and give and bless? Not because you feel it but because you're going to choose to trust and obey him today. Because he alone is God. He has made you and me, including the circumstances in which you and I find ourselves today. We didn't make ourselves. We didn't do that. And we are his people. He is the good shepherd. Go back and review Psalm 23. We're going to study that in December. We are the sheep of his pasture. I want to invite you again. I want to dare you to trust and obey. Even if you say this Psalm with tears dripping off your chin, I want to encourage you to take hold of this. You may be in a situation right now. You don't even know what to do next. This is a great place to start. Shout to the Lord, serve him with gladness, come before him with joyful singing, know that he is God, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and bless his name. And I'll talk to you next time.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast.